Hello, everyone. It's Nathan Freeberg here with Leadership Vision. We are so excited to announce that we have a new course that is designed to inspire female leaders to ponder their stories, influence, and role in writing a positive narrative with others. And uh, here to talk about it is Dr. Linda Schubring and Brian Schubring. Linda, can you tell us where did this course originate from? It's about storytelling. It's about becoming a stronger woman of influence, understanding the power that lies within our own narratives. Where did this come from? Yeah, this came from my work and life as a, a, a leader who happens to be a woman. So I've joked around that I've I've been captains of things, in charge of things since I was a little girl or handed something and then just told to, you know, take care of it or or lead it or direct it or something like that. And there were a lot of things that I was learning along the way. And sometimes being a woman was an advantage and sometimes it was a detractor. Hmm. And it was really about the environments that I found myself into and the other people that were giving me a shot. By the time I was in my first professional job, I really hadn't had a lot of female mentors. Hmm. They were mostly men. And I, you know, I was curious about that, um, especially it was the men that I trusted. It was the old men that I was drawn to. So I married one later on in life, but um, <laughs> I didn't really have females that were investing back in me, that saw me, that knew how to launch who I was until one of my mentors from college said to me while I was in my first professional role, he, I was meeting with him and he said, I have... I have a leader that uh, I think is the mentor you've been waiting your whole life for. Hmm. And he was right. And that woman's name was Susan Reese. And my mentor was right because Susan represented a woman that was thoughtful and articulate and knew how to leverage her power. Even with her, you know, quieter voice, there was something powerful about her person, about her call on her life and the way that she would invest in and launch leaders. She still does today. All that to say, I was then getting this sense of like, okay, where are we headed here? And I remember Susan, like, where am I as a woman? Like, how, why didn't I have the, the other women that were believing in me? And at one point, Susan looked at me and he, she said, women are like lobsters. You put a bunch of women in a tank and <laughs> they will claw at each other to, to bring them to, to like, to rise to the top. Hmm. Right. Cause that, that will be the goal. And she just said, don't be a lobster. That little adage really stuck with me. It began to guide and shape what I was not going to tolerate. And that was. I didn't want to tolerate being in a lobster tank and I didn't want to create spaces and environments for women to just fight and claw their way. In some ways it felt a little bit like good old patriarchy and in other ways Mm -hmm. it was like, let's, let's do something different. And then I had the fortune of being in some spaces where I was celebrated as a woman and it was a non-issue for me to to be the speaker or to be the leader or the director. And I found myself in roles where I was being championed by other women and I wanted to create more spaces for women. Fast forward, when we think about some of the clients that we have worked with and served within Leadership Vision, 
we take this very egalitarian approach. We go in together. Um, we uh, are oftentimes in pairs. People hear voice from different perspectives. And I've never felt at Leadership Vision that I'm, you know, that I have to earn my spot at the mm-hmm. table. I come uh, as an equal. And I think that's the gift of of what we give to each other. And so I wanted to create spaces like that for other people. And I think when people watch me and watch me interact. Remember early on, there was a story where I was partnering with this other woman and this group came to us and said, we should bring you in and then you could convince these people in in this group to really invest and to see women. Hmm. And I thought, okay, well, don't bring me. Why don't you bring Nathan and Brian with us and then have the men watch how these guys treat us and treat us as equals. And that might be some of the secret sauce. It has to be modeled. And so the clients that we've encountered at Leadership Vision and when we've had conversations with, with men and with women, there is something in the power of women's story that moves me. And in the retelling of story, when Brian Brian is up and he's sharing the brilliance of some some woman or what she's overcome or what she's been about. There was just part of me that that I feel very much alive. In fact, um, I think maybe it was 2014, I was invited to come and speak to a group of women. And there were these ad hoc kind of opportunities that I had to speak at business resource groups or other groups where women leaders were trying to figure out how to find a place at the table. All this being said, the, the I received a call last last fall and it was, hey, uh, Linda, can you come and speak to this group of women? They are all high-powered executives. They are in corporate America. They're being mentored. And what if you just came and talked to us and kind of inspired us to think differently about who we are as women, who we are as leaders. And the first thing that came to mind was how do we root these women and these allies that really believe in women into the power of their own story? Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes as women, we just kind of discount like, oh, well, everyone overcomes hard things and everyone just has to sh- struggle and, and go through difficult trying events. And maybe instead we name the leadership lessons that we've learned in those times and how telling our story and being able to craft a story really helps us get the power that maybe we were looking for and not so that we can be all powerful, but so that we can impact others in a more powerful way. So the story course came as a result of a, of a woman contacting me, a powerful leader. And she just said, this is what we're looking for. We have just navigated a pandemic. Now we have many, many leaders who happen to be women that we feel the pressures of what it, what it looks like to, to be the person at home trying to also work and run the household and the children. And someone's, you know, in a, in a steering committee meeting, they said, you know, we need someone just to inspire us, inspire us to think differently. And I thought of you, which was a very high compliment. And so I just started to construct, um, some work that we've done as we've, we've harnessed story in people's lives. And it's really essentially a storytelling course. The practice of crafting a story, um, your personal narrative is a leadership skill and, 
I walk you through different steps to get you to the point of naming who you are, naming the different moment that could be a story that would compel other action or highlight another individual or get you to the place where you are um, shaping the decision making at certain tables. But what I realized from from even my conversation with Brian when I was fine tuning my message to these women and to this course is we have to do this together. That I can't just get really good at telling my story. I have to tell our story. I have to have the courage to step forward with other women, link arms, and tell an invitational, compelling narrative to have people come to the table and be leaders as well. So in a lot of ways, it was like Susan Reese grabbing my arm and moving forward. That's what I want to offer in this course, this opportunity to start from where you're at and note the places where your power is the strongest and you're maybe the brightest um, or name the suffering that you've had to endure so that you get to the other side and realize we can tell a powerful and compelling story together. Linda, I have so many questions and thoughts on this. My first one is is around the use of the word power. What does that mean or how are you using that word here? Because I think that can mean a lot of different things. And yeah. I want to make sure that it's not being misunderstood. We'll be right back. At Leadership Vision Consulting, we have spent 23 years helping individuals explore the depth and dimension of their personal strengths and have helped hundreds of teams build positive culture. We're excited to now announce our new online membership platform that brings together the resources, community, and motivation that you need to grow your influence and build a positive team culture. Through our courses, workshops, live Q&A sessions, and more, you'll gain the skills and confidence you need to lead effectively. And with our supportive community of like-valued leaders, you'll never feel like you're doing it alone. Visit leadershipvisionconsulting.com slash community to learn more. Yeah, it's not a sense of power over or being the commanding presence or, you know, starting to detach from your heart. Instead, it's an invitation that I read in some of Elizabeth Lesser's work about doing power differently and then doing power in a way that our leadership is fueled with an ethic of love mm. where where the the power looks like a partnership where the power looks generous and really includes others into access to making things happen, access to the decision-making table. So I'm not saying this is how you become all-powerful. This is how you harness power to model to the world what it means to do power differently and in a way that will be more palatable in what it means to be a leader today and not just oh, the power over yelling at making someone else feel Hmm. small. It's the power that comes from underneath. Brian, why don't you speak a little bit to how you see power and kind of this gift of how you see people, but how you've always witnessed women who really can thrive in leadership. And I feel like your leadership style really um, Hmm. helps get women to the places of greater power and expression of their beauty brilliance? Well, for starters, I grew up in a family and in a household where there were very strong women all around me. Um, My grandmothers were both the matriarchs of their families. My mother is a strongly opinionated woman. 
I grew up with that around me and I saw the value of that as a child. Uh, as I moved into professional life, I have always seen people as people that possess something beautiful, imaginative, and influential regardless of gender. And so being a woman was always a second or third step in my trying to actualize someone's influence. And when it comes to power, let's not be shy that power is still used to oppress women and women are still an oppressed people group within the workplace. And so as I have worked with women over the past 36 years, one of the things I have realized is that as an oppressed people group, there is a common lived experience that women have. And when women can tap into the struggles and the difficulties and the challenges that they have have had to overcome as a woman, there is a power that comes through that lived experience that for most women is a latent power that they have not yet tapped into. And so when we work with women leaders, women have I mean, many times been given the power of a position of responsibility, and that's only a fraction of the power that they actually have. If we can help women put to the side the positional power that they have and begin to unearth and excavate within their own stories, the challenges they've overcome, the relationships that they've developed, and how their lived experience is within itself a power that is, in most cases is unparalleled to their colleagues. And so when you put those two things together, that's when you can see women transformed, not just as leaders, but as human beings. And mm. I cannot tell you how many stories we have of women that have made their home not in their title, but have made their home within their own story. And from that rootedness, they begin to realize that there's a power to who they are as an individual that's rooted in their identity, how they were raised, how women shaped them, how men have shaped and helped them as well. There is a power dynamic that exists there that I think is unique to women, not to mention ethnic diversity, ethnic oppression, cultural oppression, the things that, that you believe in, all those layers of oppression that are also at at play, there's power there. And so, yes, it takes a lot of work. And one of the things I know about the course is the challenge for women to help women in this process, not only to walk alongside one another in the excavation creation of their new narratives, but also in supporting each other as women navigate the marketplace as it is today. I wanna to talk specifically now about the course and, and what's in it. There's three lessons and it's built on our platform. You can interact with people about the lessons. Uh, we pose other questions and discussion items. Both of you talked about the need to process together and walk through your stories with someone else. And so the, the whole course is set up to be very interactive, very engaging not only with the materials, but with other participants. The The main course material is three lessons. And so Linda, I'm gonna list them and then ask you to talk just a little bit about each one. And uh, wondering if you can kind of speak to like what you hope people walk away with, like after completing um, each lesson and then possibly the course as a whole, just kind of very brief high level. So the lesson one is about your identity. Lesson two is about your impact. 
And lesson three is about your influence. So lesson one is titled Your Identity. And in the summary here, there's a statement that says, leaders who know how to leverage their own personal stories and experiences through the telling or sharing of well-crafted narrative have been shown to lead adaptively in change. And maybe that's a little bit self-explanatory of a statement, but summarize for us lesson one and what you hope participants will get out of it after completing. Lesson one is to anchor yourself into your identity and who you are today. The names that are important to you, the titles that are important to you, the ways that you would describe yourself in, in relationship with other people. Being able to name and own some of your identity really begins to launch you into understanding what you have to offer and who you want to be in the world. Oftentimes we're taught to, you know, you find out who you are and then you just keep repeating that your whole life. But I know that I'm not the same person that I was three years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. Um, (laughs) And I'm glad that I'm not. And this lesson one invites you to reintroduce yourself to yourself through a series of prompts and an opportunity to describe yourself using your psychometric or assessment of choice. I will happen to use the Clifton Strengths, but you can use whatever whatever tool that has been helpful to you to describe who you are and how you show up. Because if you can name how who you are and how you show up, you will have this opportunity to lead with greater influence and, and to navigate changes more adaptively. Well, I think that leads into lesson two very well, okay. titled Your Impact. And so lesson two is about, if lesson one, your identity is looking at where you are today, lesson two is about looking back, right? Mm-hmm. What are yep. some of the key people and places and all of that who have influenced who you are today? How does looking back inform looking presently or or futurely, futurely, is that a word? <laughs> into the future futurely. to understand your impact? I would say the importance of looking back is to realize that your lived experience is your best teacher. And if you really believe that, the looking back isn't digging through your deep, dark secrets, the most painful moments, or you know, the the highs of all high or the lows of all low, they're they're intended to give you some clues about how you might be acting and interacting today. And so looking back and being able to name some of the key people, events, experiences, or defining moments in your life, and then being able to write about them very succinctly, those key people or key events, key moments, when you're able to write about them or speak about them very succinctly, you have a way of catalyzing more change or mm-hmm. being able to be heard in a different way. Or my hope is that you're able to connect what happened in your past to who you are, how you show up today, and what you're aspiring to show up as a leader, or as a person of influence tomorrow. So then lesson three is all about your influence. It is about... Understanding the power of a collective narrative and, you know, going back to what you were saying, Linda, at the beginning about the quote your mentor gave you of like the lobster analogy of like, <laughs> like clawing, yeah. uh, women kind of clawing each other to get out of the tank yeah. or get to the top of the tank or whatever. This one is about 
maybe the opposite of that idea, right? Yeah. It's about understanding the power of a collective narrative. I don't want you to share too much about the painting um, okay. that is a, a central piece of this because I feel like that's so powerful in the context of the course. But talk a little bit about this idea, about why it's so important to understand our influence in light of this power of a collective narrative. The power of the collective narrative begins to highlight what your place in that collective narrative is. Mm. And I was inspired by this artwork that's called Always on Watch. And I won't talk about it, Nathan, like as you asked. <laughs> but I will say oftentimes there is a piece of art or maybe a um, body of music or body of work, um, a story that you've read or a book that you're just immersed in that you start to realize that's it. That's the inspiration. That's where I want my... That, that's what I want to join into. That That's the group. That's the in-group I want to be a part of. And this artwork that I use in this course is intended to be an universal invitation to help women see how much we need each other, how much light there is to share in the world. And by having more power, it's it's not taking away from others. It's growing that power exponentially to have a greater influence. So I'm, I'm excited uh, about where that one leads uh, and what that will inspire. So I'm excited about what the community, how the community will respond and interact. And I definitely want to learn um, from the, the participants in the course. Mm -hmm. If you could summarize, what do you hope people walk away from after completing this course, what is that thing? Because sometimes there's all these courses out there that promise all these things. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. by completing this course, you will have completed, you know, and be ready to do this. This course is almost in a way of an introduction to a different way of being. So when people complete this, what do you really hope that they walk away with and are inspired to do? Like, how do you summarize that in a, in a soundbitey kind of a way? I want participants to walk away with their shoulders back and their face looking up to the sun saying, I got this. I want people to be inspired by themselves. I want people to walk away from this course, breathing life into other women, into the women in their communities that have been marginalized and listen in a different way and be curious in a different way. And I would love people to walk away and be better storytellers, more succinct storytellers. Because once you practice your story once, guess what? Guess what it looks like when you when you tell your child that story, and what kind of influence or impact that can make. What would it look like when you tell a team member, not a deep dark secret, but a well crafted story? Those well crafted stories are leadership skills that I want to encourage people to walk away with. That's and good. thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. 
And if you found value in this episode or any of our other materials, we would love it if you could give us a review on iTunes. It really helps. But more importantly, share this with someone that you think might benefit from going deeper into their story, into their narrative, or understanding their strengths or the strengths of their entire organization. I'm Nathan Freeberg. I'm Linda Schubring. And I'm Brian Schubring. And on behalf of our entire team, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.